Welcome to Go and Make from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, equipping you to live the great commission of Jesus Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. All right, welcome back to the next episode of Go and Make. Really excited today. We are rejoined by uh, a guest we've had on previously and someone I get to work with every day. And, you know, we just get into the best conversations around the office. And I just think that it would be great for, you know, you, our listening audience, to be able to, like, be a fly on the wall sometimes <laughs> for what some of those conversations are. So I'm rejoined by Dave Baranowski, who is the Director of Stewardship and Leadership Development for the Archdiocese. How are you doing today, Dave? Good, Brian. How are you doing? We're doing great. Good. Doing <laughs> good really good. You. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting here in our, our little studio, which is ice cold. We had a little bit of a, a boiler issue here, yeah, I guess, in the building. On, yeah. I have my, my jacket on. I'm trying to stay warm. So it's been one of those... Kind of days here, you know? It's a good day. It's a good day. Every day is a good day. And that's really what we're here to talk about, right? Right. So we got a little bit of your story last time in terms of your own conversion, what that looks like. We talked a little bit about just evangelization in general and, mm-hmm. and how we incorporate that into our day-to-day lives. But today I want to talk about what brought you here to the Archdiocese, and that is the idea of stewardship. And you just said it. It's a good day. I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I think really everything we talk about in terms of stewardship really revolves around that idea of gratefulness. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, we get to talk to a lot of folks about stewardship, and really the the bottom line I say to people, if you remember nothing else about stewardship, remember the words gratitude and generosity, Uh, because this is the way God built us, right? If if I would have brought you a present today and I would have given you a present, you would have said, Thank you, Dave. Right. Thank you, right? And if there would have been other people in the room, you would have this present, and then you would show other people. You would share it with other people, right? This is how we're made. And then when we sh- when you share your gifts to somebody else, they say, thank you, and then so on and so forth. So this idea of gratitude and generosity, it becomes contagious. Uh, and, and just like everything else in our faith, uh, it's, it's simple. It's a simple thing, but sometimes we make it too big, but gratitude is really, it's the key. It's the key. Yeah. Understanding that everything we have is a gift from God. So we owe everything back to him. Just, just that simple. And I think that it's really kind of an untapped resource sometimes in our parishes in terms of evangelization. Because what happens is in our parishes, you know, right now we're talking about evangelization, evangelization, evangelization. And people are saying like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm starting to get an idea of what that might look like. I've listened to the first number of episodes of the podcast, or I've been to some workshops, or I've sought out some, some formation and training on my own, and I, I, I'm starting to get it. But for probably most people in our parishes, still they hear the word evangelization and they think evangelical. They think about our Protestant brothers and sisters that are doing um, some maybe different work and maybe not as liturgical as, as we are in, in the Catholic Church, right? And they're out there and, and they think of those connotations in context. They think people just going door to door and and they want absolutely nothing to do with the idea of evangelization because it's intimidating and it's mm-hmm. scary and they don't know what's going to be asked of them and they don't feel competent or equipped to do it. But when we start to talk about stewardship in a parish context, like everyone understands the money aspect. And that's kind of where people's brains go right off the bat. Like we're going to, he- we're here, we're hearing about stewardship, stewardship talk this weekend. We're going to talk about money, but it's a great window into the evangelization world because really stewardship and evangelization are really intimately linked and stewardship's actually a lot about a lot more than just money, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of on that same continuum. If you look at that path of holiness, right? Uh, we talked about discipleship, obligation, love. Well, when you love something, 
are someone you love to talk about them, right? So as we grow in relationship with, with Jesus, with, with God the Father, with the Holy Trinity, and I start to recognize, oh my gosh, all these gifts that I've been given, and I did nothing on my own, right, to get those. These were just pure gift. Well, this is, I start thanking God. And the more that I thank God for these gifts, the more now that the, the byproduct is I want to share those gifts, right? So, and when I want to share those gifts, I'm in love with Jesus. Well, I want to use them in the way he wants me to use them. So now I, I start discerning, well, what gifts have, has God given me, right? So as I go through this, and now how can I use my gifts to build your kingdom? And when we start to align kind of our will with God's plan for us, this is the beauty, right? This is when God fills us with that, with that joy and peace, right? This is, that, this is that thing that people want, right? Uh, so regardless of what's going on in the world, my internal thermometer is set at joy, right? The stock market goes up or down. I go, I'm happy up or down in the moment, but my internal thermometer is still set on joy. I know that I trust in God. So when I, when I, when I use my gifts in the way God wants me to use them, this is where we talk about discerning our gifts, right? Our charisms, our gifts from the Holy Spirit. And then this, this is really where the, the idea of evangelization, for me, evangelization really comes into play. When I'm in a, when I discern what my gifts are, my charisms, I use those in my charitable works, in my ministry. Now I love being in whatever that ministry is, right? St. Vincent de Paul, being a cantor, a lector, whatever that is. Now when I go to those meetings, I want to be there versus I have to be there, right? So again, we're moving out of obligation into love. And where the evangelization comes part, the, the living of the gospel of our life is when I'm out of that meeting, right? When I'm, when I'm, when I'm done with my St. Vincent de Paul meeting, instead of going home and complaining to my wife about blah, 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 I'm actually energized, right? And I'm, and I'm pumped up. And, and, and I'll just I'll tell you the story. My wife, Sharon, I've, I've been in the diocese 12 years. I've gone to hundreds and hundreds of committee meetings, uh, stewardship meetings. Everyone loves committee meetings, Every, right? I mean, come right. on. Yeah. What's not to love? I've, I've gone to hundreds of these over the years. And here's what happens. I come home. It'll be 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30, whenever I get home from the meeting. My wife is waiting for me. And then I will relive the meeting with my wife. And she will sit there and listen to me. So uh, Sharon could probably do this job better than me because she's heard <laughs> this right. a million times. But that's part of, uh, I, know, I know that the stewardship is part of my charism because I'm, I'm actually energized by it. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to share that news with other people. And my wife, her charism, she's a very good listener, right? Uh, she'll She'd listen. have to be to be married to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that's she, right. well, that's, that's true, know. too. That's very true, yeah. too. But that's how, that's how you know when you're, when you're in that right, uh, in that, you're using your charisms the right way. You're energized, you're excited, and you want to share. Well, that's the, that's the gospel of our, our life, right? That's what we're called to do. Yeah, you can't actually be a disciple and not be a good steward, like not not right. not do it well it's, anyway. It, and you possible. can't and you can't be an evangelist without also wanting to be a good steward because what you're to, you're doing is you're taking the gift that you've received and you're sharing it with another. Right yeah. again, yeah. Pope Francis, the joy of evangelizing always arises from a grateful remembrance. It's an awareness of the gift that leads to mission. It's yeah. an awareness of what God has done and will continue to do in my life that sends me forth. Yep. Yeah. And, and and here's the one thing that that people get 
kind of confused with with their gifts, right? So we've all heard time, talent, and treasure. The t- classic definition classic of stewardship. Definition. Yeah, so... so it's, not, it's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. And, I, and I'll touch on this. <laughs> let, right. let, let, let me not lose this thought. So many people think, well, um, I'll, I'll give my time and my talent, but my treasure I'm going to hold. So if you think about it, most of us, we're... we're um, we share what we have the most of, right? We, we share what's going to cause us the least amount of pain, the, the least resistance, right? But that's really not how God is calling us to share our gifts. He's calling us to share everything, but especially that one thing that means the most to you. So it's different for each of us. So maybe for me, maybe money is my thing, right? So yeah, I'll give you all my time. You know, I'll spend all the time. I'll, I'll share my skills, but my money... That's that's you a different. Have a little bit. That's a different story, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. So it's it's sharing all of these because many many p- times in parishes when you talk to people, oh, I I, I give this, but I got to hold, but I don't have that. So many affluent parishes, I'll just, hey, can I write you a check? Can I write you? I I don't have time Sometimes to work. Sometimes it's at, hard to find volunteers in those parishes, right? right? right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have time to work in the concession stand. Let let me write you a check to cover it. Well, thank you. We'll take the check. But what we want most is your time, right? So it's it's and it's different for each one of us. And because what that volunteering does too is it actually changes you and your heart as well, right? And, and that right, that's the transformation by 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 being generous with that gift that I'm holding on to. It actually opens my heart to be more generous with those. And and once you start giving it away, you trust God more, right? Like, oh yeah, well God's going to keep going to keep it coming. And that's what he calls us to do. We're supposed to be funnels, right, for all these gifts. They're just supposed to come pouring through us, and we send them out to other people. Well, the more you do that, my experience is the joy and peace. It, it, it's uh, I can't even describe it, right? Well, because when you do that, when you give of yourself generously, and you literally pour yourself out into what you're doing, you know, time, talent, and treasure-wise, you really, you're modeling Christ, who and, and the love of the Trinity, who God pours himself out completely into love of the Son, and the Son comes in and this idea of like kenosis, right? He's emptying himself completely on our behalf. Like that is yep. the model of God. And so for us to think that we can be a good disciple by only giving a little bit of ourselves or the, the part that's comfortable, that's not what Jesus did for us. He laid on the cross. You know, if you watch the Passion of the Christ and any of these depictions that maybe aren't as pretty as the crucifix we often have hanging right. in our living room, like it was brutal and it hurt and he gave everything until it hurt, and then passed when it hurt, and and then he gave his entire life. And so for me, you know, I want to give my my part to my parish. I want to give my part to the charities I support. I want to give of my time, but I need to be able to do that in a way that completely pours myself out into what I'm doing, which really relates also to the idea of something we kind of talk about. The other half of your job description is uh, is leadership, mm-hmm. and it really relates to this idea of excellence, right? The, the virtue of magnanimity that that. A lot of times we're just trying to get by and do the minimum and do enough, you know, and that's not really excellent. It's not really what we're called to. If we're going to be good stewards, we're called to to be excellent as a parish and to be excellent in our in our ministries. And when we're not good stewards, we're not committed to that kind of excellence. And, and, and the great point, and that I think many parishes uh, unknowingly we set the bar too low, right? We set the bar like extremely too low, right? But to your point, uh, we are. Uh, and this isn't my line. You know, we've heard this a million times, but you know, we're we're uh, made for more. We're made for God, 
And if we kept that in mind, the bar would be way up here yeah. and not down here, right? We wouldn't be doing the minimum. You know, maybe the way I dress when I go to church, maybe I should be putting on my Sunday best. No more jean shorts yeah. and a cutoff t-shirt yeah, like, for you, Dave. I mean, I grew up in Lee May. But maybe then when I recognize, so, so, that, so the other part too is kind of like with the end in mind. When, when you plan a trip, right, I'm going to go on vacation to the Grand Canyon. Why plan my trip there? Well, if we kept every day in mind, ultimately, I'm hoping to get to heaven to be with Jesus, to be with my loved ones, and I want to bring other people with me. So when I, as I make decisions throughout the day, is that decision making me move closer to Christ or farther away? Because we, we never stand still. With every decision we make, we're moving closer or farther away. It's that great line in Shawshank Redemption, right? You know, my, one of my yep. favorite movies of all time. And they're leaning against the fence, and and it looks like he's given Andy's given up all hope because he's you know wrongfully imprisoned, right? right? Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen a movie <laughs> from 1993 or whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, he looks at Red. He says, "Get busy living or get busy dying." There's there's no other way. And and you know, Red That's thinks he's going to go hang himself, but instead he goes and breaks out. Right. He's advancing. He's going the other the way. opposite way. And, and and that's what it is. But so it's just keeping that little thing in mind. So when I make that decision, so when I'm at that party, right? Everybody, I worked at the brewery for a long time. Okay, if I have that one more beer, is that going to move me closer to Christ or move me away? You know, so I, honestly, these are things that go through my head now. And that's stewardship, right. too. That's not just, I no. mean, you can call it virtue in different ways, moderation, right. right. But it, it, it's taking the gift you've received of your life and your consciousness, your free will, and honoring it in a way that is a, is a gift and a response back to God. Because I, I recognize that God is present in me, and if I make, if, if I make a fool of myself and I'm, and I'm declaring myself Catholic... Right? Am I making a fool, you know, of Christ in, in doing that? So these things come into play. You know, when, when you grow shopping, when you're talking with your friends, when I get angry at people, and my I want to, but okay, wait, 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 this this isn't maybe it, what I'm about to say. Is it going to move me closer to Christ or move me further away? Then it just helps me think about how I'm going to respond. Well, to and the way people. Jesus talks about it in the gospel, right? The parable of the talents. He talks, about, you know, he was faithful in small things. Is going to be faithful in big things as well. So when we're when we're faithful in our generous response to give financially to our parish and of our uh, our time and our talent in other ways too, when we're committed to prayer, when we're committed to to being a part of the parish and trying to advance the mission of the kingdom, then when it gets hard later in life, it's it's easier to say yes to what God wants of you because you've practiced it in all those little ways along the line. You know, the other thing too with this, Brian, that I found is when you when you help. Um, when you can discern or have help discerning what my charisms are, it actually helps you say no, right? I say yes. We don't like that very right. much. I say yes to the right things, and I say no to the wrong things, because discernment is that, right? It's picking the best. We've got many options, but picking the best options. And as Catholics, and as we all know, people in ministry, everybody, we say yes to everything. Well, I don't think we're supposed to say yes to everything. Right, we're supposed we're supposed to say yes to that thing that I'm being called to because when I when I say yes to everything, I'm actually taking a spot that somebody else should have. Right, right. I'm actually and, and we're worried. A, we get worried, and I, yeah. I you know, guilty. Yeah, like exactly. I do, I do this too. Like <laughs> right. I am coaching three basketball teams <laughs> right, right now. Right. You're and, and, and I love it, and I think it's <laughs> fun, and I, I love investing in. Uh, you know, three boys teams investing in yeah. the young men and trying to teach them what it means to work hard, be a man of virtue, and challenge them and. 
And, you know, I say yes because I know that I can be that positive influence in their life and I think it's fun and it's mm -hmm. good. But then my wife looks at me and she's like, and what else are we going to do or say no to in order to do that, you know? Right. And I know that when I do that, I'm not, that it can make me tired at work or it can make me tired at, at other things I'm doing. And if we always say yes, it's just not, it's not spiritually healthy. It's sometimes not physically healthy. And I, I know this is really hard in our parishes. And I know that, you know, like the, some of the national conversation on like parish renewal and, and helping our priests be excellent too, is that like these guys signed up to be priests because they wanted to say yes, because they wanted to give a big yes to the Lord. And they want to say yes to absolutely everything they can, right? And as the parishes get bigger or as they take on more mm -hmm. responsibilities, as we have maybe fewer voca fewer vocations and guys are, you know, pastoring multiple parishes, you know, that's happening here in St. Louis. It's happening everywhere around the country. You know, I was just talking to someone, they said in, in another diocese, there's a priest who's been ordained for two years who's pastor of four parishes. This is the reality. So this is the reality. So they signed up to be a priest to say yes to the Lord and whatever he wanted. And then every little thing that comes along going the parish, they're going to want to say yes to. And then the, the rate of burnout amongst our clergy is super high because they are so generous. So how do we, so, so talk more about yeah. that. No, how do we yes. incorporate that into our own lives? Well, well so this is because I need to, I need this. Yes. Well, yeah. so, so this is where first as lay people, we need to step up, right? Cause there's much more lay people in our church then there are priests and religious, so we need to step up. So here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, uh, we have the great resource of Jane Gunther, right, who does the, uh, the spiritual gifts inventory. I mean, we literally have a tool <laughs> that can help you discern what your charisms are. Jane can dis discern what your charisms are through this tool, and in this tool, it'll tell you if you have the charism of organization, uh, here are the ministries that you're probably good at. So, I mean, it literally leads you to that point. Um, so um, that this is one of the, when, when parishes call about getting stewardship initiatives, uh, uh, spiritual gifts inventory is one of those first tools. Right there, always. It's one yeah. of the first tools to get everybody. So before we can call people to ministry, instead of putting them just in an open seat, let's put them in the right open seat, right? Because, again, my experience is that when you put, when you get people in the wrong with the wrong charisms in the wrong ministry, it actually does more harm. It really does more harm because burnout can happen. Well, people are resentful. Well, because I'm not when I come out of it, I'm, I'm not joyful. Right now, I start comparing myself to other people. Now I start complaining. Right, people that that are in the right ministry, they don't compare themselves to other people. They don't complain about what they don't have. They're thankful for what they do have. Right. Uh, they don't complain about scheduling. And they recognize that God has a better plan for us. All these things happen, and you'll only know it when you're in the right spot. Because many people, uh, we go to meetings, you're in five or six different ministries, but every one of us has that one that, man, I really like going to that one. Well, then just do that one. Get out of those other ones. So then this leads to a parish like, now the pastors are going, wait a minute, Dave, you're, you're, you're killing me, right? Because we have nobody in these ministries. Well, maybe we don't need all these ministries, right? Maybe all the ministries that were that started in our parish when our parish started 150 years ago, just as our faith, we grow in our faith, we ch our, our charisms change, well, so do ministries. Maybe some of these ministries have run their course. We can combine them, sunset them, but more importantly, what are the ministries we're not doing? 
What are the ministries we're not doing now? Where are all the young people? Where are this? Where are all of that? Well, maybe we're not maybe we're not using our gifts the right way to have those ministries to encourage people to come to the parish. So this is another outgrowth of this whole idea yeah, of really ministry. Trying to, trying to be excellent. Again, we talked right. earlier, you know, like there's this, there's business concepts that you can like lay over all church ministry and stuff. And sometimes people like roll their eyes. You're like, well, the church is different. Well, it, it is different in many ways, of course. And there's an ecclesiology yeah. we have to recognize and, and, and a divine nature of the church that we have to understand what it is. We can't apply all the same business principles. But there's a lot of business principles that just like they they, re, they rely on natural law and there's good human fundamentals. They came right? from Christianity. Yeah, they, they got them from us first, right? One, one I really like is called it's it's the minimum effective dose. Okay. And it's this idea that um, you talk about doing the minimum, right? Like, oh, we're only doing the minimum. Well, yep. the key word in that is effective, right? So if you want to boil water, you want to get it to two twelve. Like 210 is not an effective dose. That's, you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of times we're doing our ministries below 212 sometimes, yep, well, that's a, right? That's a, that's a nice analogy, and, right? Uh, but everything over 212 is actually wasted energy. Yep. So yep. the you minimum effective dose, the least you can do to be effective is get your water to 212 and it's going to boil. That's, yep. And uh, I think when you start thinking about our ministries with that kind of concept sometimes, I think we, you know, we're not being excellent. We're not actually getting the water boiling. We're not actually seeing the result we want in our ministries. And, and results are hard to measure sometimes when you talk about internal fruit and spiritual fruit and what's going on in an individual. But there are things we can be, be doing a better job of measuring. Um, and and we're, we're not getting the result we want. And then all, other times we're putting so many resources into something to try to get the result we need and we're overdoing it or we're not spending the time in the right place. So we need to really like recalibrate to say like, okay, Lord, like, what water do you want me to boil? Or, you know, what, what's, nope. the, what's the next project? And, and, and then map out, right? Again, like Jesus talks about, if you're going to build a tower, you got to count the cost and you got to mm-hmm. know what it's going to take. And to be excellent in ministry, we have to be aware of the fruit we're bearing and what it's going to cost to get there. And sometimes in order to have enough to build the tower, it means we can't build the storage shed on the side or, you know, the house or whatever other right. analogy we right. do. Like, like we have to say no to something else so we have the resources we need to be effective in the thing that the Lord is actually calling us to, not just the thing that I want to do. Yep, yep. Yeah. So... Um you were saying I had a point in my head uh, that you, not a point in my head uh, on my There's head. Lots of things, yeah, in your a lot, head, lot yeah. of things in my head. So when we uh, when we call people uh, to ministry and we uh, help them discern their charisms, again, this idea of the the fruits of it. So many people, when they think of time, talent, and treasure, okay, uh, we're going to see more people at church. Um, I want to see more people in ministry. I want, to, I want to definitely see more offertory. The, right. These are the fruits. Well, th- those are good secondary goals. Those are good secondary goals. But, th- but the primary goal of discipleship, stewardship, evangelization is growing in relationship with God and each other. That's, that's and I don't know how you measure that. Yeah, right. But there are signs. So wouldn't it be awesome if, if our, we grew, our parish grew in our prayer life so that when people came to Mass, maybe they sang a little louder? Maybe they Get the were, decibel meter yeah, out you know, every maybe Sunday. Maybe yeah. they were more joyous. Maybe maybe people start instead of that two minutes before mass when everybody piles in the mass. Maybe people start coming in 15, 20 minutes yeah, those earlier. Are like key markers that were being successful. Right? Yeah. More people are, are going to the the different little uh, chapel or uh, you know the the different statues and and and, and praying. It's the devotional life, right? Uh, right. Yeah. You, you see that? Are, are you see more people staying after mass praying the rosary? 
okay, these are signs that, okay, my, my, my prayer life is, is, is becoming more effective. Uh, so it's not necessarily more people. We, we've got enough uh, lukewarm disciples, but how do we inflame the hearts of those disciples that we do have, right? Well, again, and I think people get discouraged a lot in evangelization because they want the silver bullet. They want the quick fix. They want to see mass attendance trends yeah. get reversed. They want to see us uh, stop declining and go up. And I, hey, listen, me too. Um, but... First, the first thing you have to do in order to reverse the trend is to steady the tide. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going down, you know, one and a half percent every year or whatever it is, if, if we can go down less, that's that's a sign of hope because it means we reach some people that maybe who are going to stop coming to mass, you know. And, and I don't want to make it sound like we don't have a goal of, of breaking even and, and raising the trend. That's yeah. not what I'm yeah. saying. Right. What I'm saying is you have to start with what you can do and that the, the fruit sometimes is measured um, not necessarily quantitatively in the numbers, but there's a qualitative aspect that we have to really be attentive to. We've got to stop. Because really what evangelization, like what we're up against right now is we're trying to reverse the trends of secularization in America. I heard um, somebody said that in a meeting earlier this week, and I was like, yeah, that's right. Like like what we're fighting against is not just like, oh, our parishes are doing a bad job. <laughs> like, okay, mass attendance is down in every diocese across the entire country. Maybe some more than others, and people are doing different things. We can learn from them. That's great. But in the secularized West, not just even America, mass attendance is going down. Yeah. So what we're up against is a massive culture shift in the world, and there's no one thing we can do. To, to be a good steward of, that we can then change the tide. So it really is, the measure is our own faithfulness, and then are you being personally fruitful as well? Because I, I think, you know, institutional fruitfulness, that can, again, that can be harder to measure other than the lagging indicators, right, of mm-hmm. mass attendance and things like that. But, but I can look in the mirror and do an examination of conscience every night and say, where did I bear fruit today? And where did the Lord bear fruit in me today? And when I start to do that, and I get to the end of a week, and I don't have an answer to that question, and I say, oh, man, I could have done better. I get to the end of a month, and I, and I say, I could have done better. I didn't bear any fruit. I didn't raise up any new disciples. Then the problem isn't the programs, and the problem isn't what the parish <laughs> is doing, or the pastor's doing wrong, yeah. or the archbishop's doing wrong, or the pope's yeah. doing wrong, or, or whatever. It's me. <laughs> it's me. It's the Chesterton thing, right? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with the world today? Yeah. And he wrote yeah. back his letters that yeah. I am. I you know, am. like, so So the, the call is to be a steward of what you individually have been given to respond to God, to be generous and grateful to God for what he's done in you and to go make a disciple and to go bear fruit individually in another person. So don't you don't have to wait for your pastor to give you permission. You don't have to... You know, talk about this a little bit. You've been doing a, a Bible study. You and yep. I have been working together yep. for roughly four years yep. now, probably, yep. In, yep. in this department. And after we got to talk for a little while, he said, you know what? I'm going to start a Bible study or a little <laughs> scripture study with, with a couple guys. Talk about that yeah. for a minute. Yeah. So uh, my three buddies, Gary, Mike, and Mike, uh, guys that we've known each other literally since kids, uh, we go on the White House retreat every year. And uh, I've, whatever year COVID was, the year after COVID, we had a wonderful retreat at the White House. And Mike, we're sitting at the, the going away or the closing luncheon, and he said, "This was this was an awesome retreat. How do we keep this going?" And I said, "I got an idea. How would you guys like to get together? We'll get together every other week, six forty-five at the Panera Bread at Grasso Plaza, across from Seven Holy Founders, and we'll get together, whatever the scripture reading is for the day, and we'll talk about it." Well, we've been doing this now for a couple of years, 
And Gary, I will tell uh, Gary, Gary, I'm looking at you like my one of my buddies. Well, you are one of my buddies, aww. but Brian, Brian, aww. love you too, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's these are awesome. Um, so I'll I'll just say because I was the guy at the archdiocese. Not that I was any holier or smarter than any yeah, of these. We guys. know that for uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, none of that. <laughs> none of that. But I would I would eventually I was the guy reading the prayer. I would open with a prayer. I would read the scripture. Well, now. And you know how much I like to talk. I barely get a word in. That's right? hard to believe. Right, exactly. So I barely <laughs> get a word in, right? So, but this is where every, we've all grown, and it's all of us together. And I would say, if if one thing in the last two years in my faith life, this is it. Um, we talk about all kinds of, and the insights that they have to things that I never I, I never thought of. So, to that point, th- this is one of the fruits, right, of of our faith life is. Get that circle. God put people in our lives for a reason. Start with them. <laughs> start, start with the friends and family that have fallen away, people that are spiritually curious, that are open. They don't all have to be Catholic, but whoever they are, right? Just get with them. I, I, I meet with my son now. Every other week we have lunch, and it's kind of the same thing, and it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. In uh, those conversations, you're, again, aware of the gift you've received, and you're trying to ask just, good questions and see where he's at yeah. spiritually, and there's yeah. a lot of growth and progress. And and, and, and all this, Brian, and it, 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 you, I mean, you, you have a, all the theology degrees, but if you didn't have all that, your relationship with God, my relationship with God, that's what I have, right? So it's, it's very easy to talk about my relationship with God, and that's what gives me the power and the strength, because nobody in the world can out argue me, argue with me about my relationship with Jesus. Right, the twelve nobody. apostles didn't have theology degrees either. Right. You know, exactly. I mean, they learned a few things from Jesus along the way, and, but, but they had the Holy Spirit. But they had that they, they had that relationship. Yeah, that they were just like, wow, this is this is real. This isn't like something I'm imagining because I am bare. I am gaining from this relationship. Not that I went in it to get more stuff, but God is rewarding me with things, right? So I'm trying to share this with other people. And this is based on just a relationship with Jesus that we all have. So that should be the strength for all of us. Don't don't worry that you don't know theology, that you can't quote the Bible, that you don't know the catechism left and right. Because once you start this relationship, all those things I mentioned, you're going to want to Go back and learn. Well, and those those nerdy <laughs> quotes that I learn. love to, to throw out, like that's actually what not someone at the beginning of their journey needs to hear most of the time no. either. No. They need to hear an authentic witness of what it's meant to you. Yeah. I struggled with the same, you know, brother, I struggled with the exact same Exa- thing. Yeah, there here's, was what, I. here's what happened yep. to me. Here's what happened. To, but then here's what happened to me. Somebody invited me to go on a retreat. That somebody was Father Gary Gebeline. And it, it, I thank God for Gary, Father Gary every single day. I thank God that they didn't that I, when I was trying to get out of the retreat that they didn't let me leave. I thank God for Father Kabiki. I mean, because when you when you recognize the gratitude and the gratitude, you can go back and you can see God's active presence in your life. You know all the coincidences that the world talks about. It's ain't a coincidence, man. You can see where God. You see the hand of God. That's really it. If you've read, you know, you one of my God. one of my favorite reads, right? And again, it's you know, it's not that hard to read, but it's St. Augustine's Confessions, and it's him retelling his entire life story, and he's in it, he's just analyzing, he said, here was the hand of God guiding me, and it took me years and years and years to actually get to my conversion. I was thick-headed, and I was hard-headed, and it was, it was, I was obstinate. I didn't want to do it, 
but I saw the hand of God guiding me here. And I'm grateful that this happened and led me here. And and if you read that, he weaves in scripture and references and all those things, but it's really just him seeing divine providence in every aspect of his life. And we should all, again, this is why like yep. that Jesuit habit of doing an examine at the end of every day, that prayer, you know, where did I see God today? Where did God move in my life today? How did I make God known today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that is a beautiful habit because again, when you start to see, okay, I was neglectful here, or I missed an opportunity to talk about Jesus here, or I sinned here sometimes, you know, I need to go to confession or whatever it is. Like when we're in that habit, we just we're more aware of who God is and what he's doing in your life. And if you don't know what God's doing in your life, you're going to have a really hard time sharing him with someone else. So, so to that point, when, when, you, when you do this, so I find myself now, you know, we, we, are, we have the luxury of going to daily mass. I mean, we, it's literally laid it's a job, out. It's a job perk, it, for laid sure. Out here. We, have, we have the luxury of, we have priests from the Regina Clary come over for reconciliation, you know. So the more that I go to, I, I, have, I am now a more frequent daily uh, attend, uh, participant at, at daily mass because I want to receive the Eucharist. Uh, when I when I am sinning, for me anyway, after it happens, I'm like, oh my gosh! I mean, I didn't mean to do that. I, you know, so now I want to go to. Re- I, I try to go reconciliation every four to five weeks because I don't want to be just like I don't want to be cross with my wife or my friends. I don't. I don't want to be sideways with Jesus. So, I, you know, we we got it right here. The, the, it really is true because I've heard this. The more you, you receive the Eucharist, the more reconciliation. I will just tell you my own experience. The more you receive these sacraments, the more you grow in love with Christ and the more uh, you start seeing other people as children of God. And that, that's the key. When I recognize that I'm a child of God, now I start recognizing that other people are ch- children of God. So now I'm, I'm going to try to treat them differently. I don't always do that in the moment, but at some point I recognize, uh, like you said, that examination of conscience. Oh my gosh, I, I, shouldn't have talk, I shouldn't have said that to Brian today. I need to apologize to Brian tomorrow for what I said. You recognize those. And I was just making that up. There's, well, I mean, there's nothing I need to apologize for. If, if we need to talk after we turn <laughs> off the recording, we sure can. Okay. Dave, it's been a great okay. conversation about stewardship. Um, you encourage, you know, any parish in the diocese that wants to, to make that a part of their parish ministry and, and do the charisms inventory and, and learn more about stewardship. Because really, again, it's just that opening that we start to talk about stewardship, we start to realize how it leads us out to mission as well. And there really are yeah. links. It's like a little little opening for parishes that maybe don't feel ready or people that don't feel ready to go out and go and make disciples. So thanks for being yeah, here. Thanks thank for you. the great conversation. I know you'll be back and we'll, we'll talk some more again. It'll be great. So thank will you. you close us in a prayer? Yes. Um, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Uh, we pray that everybody that hears these words, hopefully uh, it'll inspire them to maybe open to you if they haven't considered a relationship with you. Uh, hopefully the people that are maybe uh, thinking, well, I can't, I can't do this, I can't talk about my faith, they can. Uh, encourage them to have the, uh, the strength and the courage to be that bold witness in radiant light. And I heard a great quote last night that said, don't let your awkwardness be your barrier for eternal life. So it's going to be uncomfortable. Lord, help us get over the uncomfortableness. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go and make disciples.